Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Big Wave Sound Media coming to you with a brand new episode here today. And I'd like to thank everybody for coming out and listening, uh, coming to download my episodes, especially. Please, 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 please download my episode at simplecast.com or the link that I provide in the description below. And also, if you like what you hear today, please donate. Um, it helps out quite a bit. Um, I'm an honest man trying to learn, trying to earn an honest living. And what I'm trying to do right now is actually buy some brand new camera equipment to enhance the experience of this podcast. Um, Pretty soon after I finish my 10th episode and call it a season, I will move forward with actually uh, doing that. I'll start to show you guys my face more. Uh, You get to interact with me more often. I'll have some brand new features coming to you, some brand new shows, too. And I'll even collab with another show that I've been talking to you folks about for a while which um, some of you have already heard of, called Balls Out, and uh, we'll just be getting it rolling from there. But today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about um, something that's really kind of been bothering my spirit. There has been news of a young man, a, uh, God, I hate getting into this, uh, a young Asian man taking <laughs> taking a shot at a six-year-old boy. And, of course, being an African-American man myself, um, being in the African American community, I am absolutely one thousand percent bothered by this, and I think any regular human being with a heart beating in their chest would be bothered by this. Uh, you got a grown man who is trying to prevent a child from what i 'm reading here trying to prevent a child from getting his tricycle or something like that, and he chases him around with a sledgehammer. First, he couldn't get to him fast enough or quickly enough with the sledgehammer. So what he does, he decides to run in his house, grab a gun, you know, because he couldn't he couldn't let this little assailant get away. You know, he couldn't let this criminal run away. So he grabs his gun and he shoots through his window of his own house to try and get this kid. Now, I don't know about you, but that spells that spells murder vibes to me. If someone is so, uh, what, ramped up that they're willing to shoot through their own home, uh, I think that guy's got a little bit more going on than hatred for children. And, again, that's something I wanted to talk to you folks about today. I actually pulled up a couple of articles that I wanted to bring up. And the subject, finally getting to that, the subject of today um, I'm actually talking about understanding uh, communal issues within the black community and why we may need our own local militias to handle these issues. And when I say issues, I don't mean just with the police or criminals, things like that. I mean uh, issues such as financial as well, economical um, um, assistance for folks who may need it. Um, education, things like that, things that have been over time through policy and uh, different political means have been stripped away from our communities and really have taken the kick out of them or taking the taken the taken the wind from beneath our wings, really, as uh, an African-American population. Now, um, I have some family I've been talking with and things of that sort. We talk about these things from time to time and um, I talk to other black people as well. You know, some of them believe uh, that what's going to end up happening 
it's not gonna you know it's not gonna change anything with black people some of the, some of them believe that black people have kind of done this to themselves and that because because of today's generation we just um, we're not willing to get ourselves out of it and that we're not good enough to get ourselves out of it but I I beg to differ against that point I don't think that it's we I don't think that it's not that we're good enough I, I think that what's going on is <laughs> once again for anybody who's kind of researched black people's background or african-american history is that we have been we have been psychologically damaged uh we have been physically damaged we have been economically damaged um and all of this by force this wasn't a choice what a lot of people tend to forget about african-americans is that we did not come to the u.s by choice now what i will say as well is that i am not complaining by saying ah i'm a black man and it's hard for me no um I already understand that. I already understand that because I'm black, somebody, some, somebody, you know, they may call the police on me just for standing in a store. They may call the police for me uh, just because I'm at the pool and they don't think I live there. They may call the police on me um, simply for standing in my driveway. You know, it's not a matter of people complaining that their life is hard because they're black. It's a matter of the psychological damage and stress and tension that we have to go through every single day that we wake up. And once we get past that part, once we get past the fact that we're black, then we try to live normal lives. Then we try to move on and go to work, you know, interact with our children, interact with our family and friends, all of that. While in the back of our heads, we have to subconsciously remind ourselves that some people look at us as subhuman and as target practice, as cattle, you know. Um, So I just want to make it very clear that I'm not complaining about being black because I think it's hard and it's, it's just too hard to get up and grab my bootstraps or anything like that. I, I work my ass off. I don't care what anyone says. But what I am telling you, that anyone listening right now who thinks that black people just complain just to complain, I want you to do a little more research. And that's why I grabbed the article I did. Um, I, I went ahead, took a little trip to <clears throat> the UCR publication with the FBI, and I looked up some information. I looked up some info on um, black on black crime I looked up some info on murders things like that just to kind of get the ball rolling with this and I even found another very interesting article by the Department of Justice that I'll get into in a sec but I just want to go down this this list and what I've chosen right the link or what I uh, what I ended up typing in to try and find this information is fbi.gov of course it brought me to ucr.fbi.gov and there's a section for like different crimes different statistics i chose hate crimes chose hate crime statistics now mind you a lot of you are going to try and get on me and be like oh this isn't 2020 this isn't 2021 sorry (laughs) the fbi doesn't work that fast but 
I do have 2019 um, and things like that. I, the reason I know I said I was talking about black on black crime, right? Like murders and things of that sort. Um, I'll get to that in a second, but I first want to touch on hate crimes since that's such a polarizing subject. Now, when I chose hate crimes, I clicked on victims, right? And then there's a few things here. There's a few, I'll say pins. One says by bias motivation. One says racial, ethnic, or ancestry bias. You know, just different analytical points that they touched on to make sure that it was very diversified. The one I'm choosing here today is going to be, of course, racial, ethnic, ancestry biased. Um, and I'll just read it off here to you. Among single bias hate crime incidents in 2019, there were 4,930 victims of race, ethnicity, ancestry motivated hate crimes. So to start it off, the top line here says 48.5% were victims of crimes motivated by offenders who were anti-black or anti-African-American. 48.5 in 2019 out of, you know, these out of. So half of this 4,930 victims, almost half, is going to, of course, be people who hate black people. Uh, next, surprisingly next, you got 15.7% of those victims, right, of someone who was anti-white. So those were, so there was uh, white people. There were Caucasian folks who were also attacked because of their, you know, their descent. And then next, on the next list here, we got 14.1% for anti-Hispanic or Latino. And this is the big point I'm trying to get to. You got 4.4% of anti-Asian bias, right? Now, I pointed that out because last year... And this year, we had a lot of news and media coverage about anti-Asian hate and things of that sort and how Asians were just getting um, attacked because of COVID for the, the past year since 2020. And I completely support anti-Asian, the anti-Asian hate crime bill, right? Because we don't want anybody being affected by hate crimes in any sense of the word or any, at any time. But my question to you in that regard is, where is the anti-hate crime bill for black people? You know, we've been around uh, getting kicked in the butt, in the sh- getting, getting bit in the butt by German shepherds, getting shot, blown away. I mean, hell, in Tulsa, Tulsa Oklahoma, they blew us up. There were le- legitimately and literally army planes dropping bombs on businesses and still no anti-hate crime bill for black people, you know, but all of a sudden everyone wants to give polarization to Asians being attacked. Well, what about what Asians are doing to black people in China? What about what Asians have been doing to black people since however long? But in any case, I don't want to run off on a tangent about that because we're here to talk about how to better black people. I don't want to go into all this stuff about racial inequality and how people are kind of being unfair to black people but you know they're looking at all this all this other business going on giving us Juneteenth and things I honestly believe that's a distraction but in any case I wanted to make that point just to point out that I want people to know black people are not just 
again, reiterating that black people are not just out here complaining. We aren't. We are being attacked. And that leads me to my next little article here about black on black homicide that was actually published back in 1983 by the U.S. Department of Justice. The author was an A.F. Hossant and the journal or the reading was called Victimology, Volume 8, Issue 3 of 4, 1983. And the page in which this particular reference was uh, taken out of was 161 through 169. Now, there's an annotation here that reads, Black homicide rates are seven to eight times those of whites, though... Blacks have a rate of poverty only four to five times that of whites. So in that regard, black and so black people, even in just a being just being killed, I guess we're we're better at that. We're better. So apparently, according to this, basically, we're better at being killed by each other. Than white people, and we're we're better at being poor. Because let me read that again: Black homicide rates are seven to eight times those of whites. So we get killed eight times more than white people. And not only that, but we are poverty-stricken four to five times. We're more likely to be more. We're four or five of us are more likely to be poor. Than one of our white counterparts. So that should just kind of give you an idea. And I can go into economics and all that good stuff and st- the statistics of economics. I'm not I'm not here to talk about that today. We can get into that on another episode. I really just wanted to get to this passage here. And then I'll start talking about, you know, different community, different community assistance programs, different ways that um, folks can kind of reach out and help. To kind of understand the black struggle um, All that good stuff But anyway, moving on Now this reads, today Homicide is the leading cause Of death among young black men And contributes Significantly to the shortened lifespan Of the black male In about 80 to 90% Of the cases, the black victim Was killed by another black And about 52% of the murder victims Were acquainted with their assailant Meaning that half of these murder victims knew the person who was kill- who killed them. That's a shame, man. And just as we accept that suicide victims are psychologically impaired, we must also acknowledge that a murderer is similarly impaired. A murderer, not a black person, not a white person, not Asian, a murderer. So someone who killed someone, someone who is thinking about taking someone's life is mentally impaired okay not black people someone who is a murderer i want to make that distinction because a lot of times people say black on black crime and they gotta fix their own communities and da 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 but sir ma'am whoever you are listening you gotta think first of all you gotta be more understanding towards someone's situation it's like dave Chappelle said you can't just call someone crazy because that's dismissive you're dismissing what it is that makes them crazy. Or it's like what Dick Gregory said. He said a a beautiful analogy. He stated, 
a white man give me water, gives me some water to drink. I drink the water. I start acting crazy. I start seeing things, hallucinating, people looking at me like I'm crazy. But ain't nobody looking at the white man to ask, what did he put in that black man's water? I'm I'm continuing. Anyways, anyways, to continue, once again, we must acknowledge that a murder is similarly impaired and blacks for both environmental and political reasons are likely to reflect emotional predispositions that allow them to more readily become a homicide statistic. I'm going to read that again for the people in the back. We must acknowledge that a murderer is similarly whoops, is similarly impaired and blacks for both environmental and political reasons are likely to reflect emotional predispositions that allow them to more readily become a homicide statistic. They are basically saying black people are being put into a position environmentally and politically to be more readily available to kill each other. What's that movie called? Fences? I love Lawrence Fishburne. Anyway, next, projected self-hatred facilities. Oops, sorry, guys. Projected self-hatred facilitates blind rage and gives the perpetrator of the violent attack a sense of legitimacy and justification in the attack. And what I read out of that is basically is that someone who has been taught to hate themselves and hate what they are and where they come from believes that because they are hated, no matter what they do, no matter who they are around, nothing matters. Basically, life does not matter to this person. So they're going to sell drugs. They're going to kill people. They're going to attack people in the street. They're going to rob banks. They're going to do whatever. They're going to act like it's the Wild West because they don't believe anyone cares for their life. And people don't get that. That's why understanding is so important. Patience is so important. Looking at the bigger picture. You know, that's why I made this episode today about communal issues, crime in the community, um, whether or not black people need to get their own militia, a black local militia within their community. So we don't need police. Um, I still think that, of course, the thing about police is, is that. They're allowed to do that, which is weird. They are kind of allowed to be their own entity that is sort of connected to the government in that city. But they're still sort of their own entity. Um, Anyway, I'm going to continue on reading. Here we go. Where did I leave off? All right. So projected self-hatred facilitates blind rage and gives the perpetrator of the violent attack a sense of legitimacy and justification. In addition, blacks have been indoctrinated by a criminal justice system, which places higher value on a white life than on a black life. While psychological study of homicide offenders and victims is difficult and not easily quantifiable, it is important to explore such variables in black community violence. Programs focused on crime and violence prevention, therefore, 
must do more than alleviate socioeconomic ills in the black in the black community. They must pay attention as well to negative psychological dynamics in the black experience that contribute to internecine victimization. Man, and that's a wild word, internecine victimization. I got to look that one up. Wow. Learn something new every day, kids. All right, so what the heck does internecine mean? Internecine mean. Here, let's see. Internecine. There we go. Destructive to both sides in a conflict. Wow. Yep. Yes, sir. That's perfect. So... The black community in particular is in dire need of homicide prevention centers with programs of prevention, research, and treatment. <sighs> the only problem with that is neither Republicans nor Democrats or our government completely give one, two, three, four fucks about trying to alleviate that situation because if I mean we we've seen what's happened when a black community comes together works together pays each other offers jobs to each other there's no crime there's no uh, drugs there's no uh, craziness going on you know nobody's killing each other just a good community we've seen what that looks like and they hated that we've seen what black people look like when they work together and they put their heads together and they make some money and they make something out of themselves and they clean their city up. Black people are absolutely capable of doing these things. So I I damn it to hell anybody who says we aren't. Even the black people of today, even our children of today, elders, you know, whoever, any black person of today, I think we have the ability in us to take care of ourselves and us any city that we build without the government. And then, you know, you're going to have your haters that come on here and they're going to be, well, you need government for some things. You need government for. No, what you need is a cabinet of people who understand what needs to be done. They have those things get done and they hire people who overlook those things and um, and authorize these things and certify it's being done uh, correctly. What we have now is a system full of corrupt people who want to get themselves paid, who prop themselves up as this type one type of person but then on the behind the scenes you know you see what type of bills they're uh <laughs> you see what type of bills they are supporting and bills that they're blocking and you get a pretty good idea of what this person's after they're not after peace they're not after making anywhere a better place except maybe their homes and their mansions um, but they're not after uh the betterment of black people you got Folks like Joe Biden who say things during election time um, to get more views. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. He said that on a black radio station. (sighs) The overt racism with these politicians is killing me during election time. And I am sick of it. I don't even vote anymore. I don't really even pay that much attention to America's. Uh, elections because they just it's a joke 
It is a joke. And I mean, seriously, what am I supposed to do? What, when, when people look at us from outside the U.S., other countries, you know, I'm sure they look at this as a joke as well. I mean, but really, they kind of have their own issues they got to deal with. As far as corruption, I am I am going to be making some more episodes about that. Uh, I think my next episode is going to go back to Africa, finally, or Nigeria. Um, talking about the NSARS movement and some other things, of course. We'll have some uh, guests back on. I might even have my buddy uh, Shola come back on, and we're going to talk about some Nigerian business. But um, anyway, moving on to kind of finish up this podcast, I wanted to run some information by you guys um, in case you were needing help in your communities. Anyone in America who's listening, um, sorry, folks outside. I mean, folks outside, if you're listening, if you want to uh, support these communities and send send them some donations or check out how you can help them out, uh, I'm going to get some links here in the description below. Also, I wanted to tell you guys, and this is for my U.S. listeners, there is a website called NeedHelpPayingBills.com. Okay, I've extensively, I've extensively researched this website, and it has every state um, assistance program on here, you know, uh, grants, um, clothes, food, telephone bill supplies, water bill uh, extra work, extra income, work from home. It's 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 all types of things. They, it's a very interesting website, and I thought that I should bring it some attention because I don't think people know about places like this. And um, you know, I grew up in a household where definitely we got assistance when we was down. When we was down, my mom, my mom and dad was really moving and shaking to try and get something together. Mostly my mom, but you know. When it did come down to it, I remember going to the office with my mom one time, 16. There was this place out in downtown Cleveland she had me come with, um, and they were going to assist her with paying the rest of the house off. Um, at the time, I didn't know it. I thought they were just helping us with payments, and I think she did too. But then they sent us a letter in the mail one day, and they were just like, congratulations, your house is paid off. And we both just looked at each other, looked up, and, you know, we thank God. I thank God. That, you know, community assistance programs exist. All right. And I know it's kind of like a backhanded like way. Um, some people look at it as the government kind of slapping people in the face by offering less than what they could really give. But you've got to remember that every single government isn't under the, just the United States presidency. You have you have state government and then you got local government. OK. And most of the time, the ones picking up the slack is the local government. It's the local folks who are trying to help. Um, the ones that aren't corrupt, of course. But again, that website is called NeedHelpPayingBills.com. I'll put it in the description box below. Um, other than that, um, last subject, should black people look into starting their own militias? And it's just like the Black Panthers. I think we absolutely should, you know be just like the Black Panthers. They didn't harm anybody. All they really were were police watch. They were there to watch the police from acting a damn fool because they knew that back in the day they was acting up and that they would get some black, some poor black woman in a corner. They would step right out with rifles, guns, like, hey, what's up? We just making sure this arrest goes okay. Is everything all right? 
everything good? Oh, okay. You go ahead and go on your merry way. But of course, the government, they didn't like seeing a bunch of black men in militant suits and uh, walking in line and doing the right thing for their community. So they called them a terrorist organization and they began to kick in doors and kick in different places where they were having meetings and um, they killed Fred Hampton. They killed him. Absolutely killed him. They knew where he was, knew where he was sleeping. They was talking about they was coming to arrest him. They wasn't coming there to arrest that man. That was an assassination, just like Martin Luther King. Let's just call it what it is. This is just one time that the government didn't get caught um, or do a sloppy job because Lord knows that uh, <laughs> after the past couple of years that we've watched the way they work in this pandemic, the government still is sloppy. Okay, sorry, United States. You know, with all the freedom that you've been given out, I think that I'd like to use my black freedom to let you know that uh, United, the United States is not the best place in the world. OK, pretty soon other I believe pretty soon other countries are going to look towards the United States and say they owe everybody a lot of money and they think that they're the strongest. They think they're strong. They think they're untouchable. They're not. So I say that we all should just go and go get the U.S. The US. We're, we should just go against the U.S., right? That's what other countries are going to do. They're going to decide, we don't want your money anymore. We don't want to be a part of your commerce. Um, but that seems kind of unrealistic. If something like that were to occur, that would be absolutely earth-shaking, like earth-shatteringly destructive to all countries because... I know for a fact the United States is not going to be happy that countries will like start stop taking their currency. OK, all that to get back to my whole point about black people having their own militia. We should protect ourselves. We should deal in black business. Black people should mind their own black business, um, as we have seen in the past. Blaringly obvious that allowing other races to deal in our politics, in our communities, in our lives, they don't care. They don't value black lives as 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 much as they value their own dogs. Let me say that fucking shit again. People do not value black people's lives as much as they value their own fucking dogs. You people got to be kidding me. It makes me sick. Got people kissing dogs in the mouth, but a black person comes up and asks you for directions. You're scared for your life. Get your fucking life together. Get your head on straight. And I know I know everybody's not like that. But when you've had enough experiences and enough undercover shade and undercover racism that you've seen, you know, and people try to make you look like you you out here searching for Sasquatch. And by Sasquatch, I mean racism. Um. It's just people have hit a new low. They found a new way to be overtly racist without without having the I'm racist ID badge on them. It's like I'll tell you guys a story. I, well, I was I was in L.A. hanging out with my girl at the time anyway. And what happened? We were walking past some folks on the boardwalk. Anybody who's gone, you can see the beach on your left hand or right hand, whatever direction you're walking in. The beach is there. And then you got restaurants and things like that. You can walk up the street and down the street, ride bikes, ride little 
you know, scooters, whatever. So we were walking and we walked past this Asian couple. We're about to walk past. Asian man looks me in my eye. We lock eyes for a sec. And when we're about to walk past him, he puts his hands up over his mouth. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting irritated just thinking about it. I know how people go, will you let him have that much power over you? It's not about letting somebody have power over you. It's it's all about it's all about knowing when someone is trying you. It's all about knowing when someone is trying to test you. You know what I'm saying? And as soon as we walk past, he puts his hands down on the table, slams his hands down on the table like he just averted a crisis. You know, it sucks. It really sucks. Just to reiterate. What I said at the beginning of this podcast. Black people aren't complaining about a goddamn thing that hasn't already been going on for 400 fucking years. So for anybody who is still thinking that we're just sitting around finding reasons to complain, sitting around finding reasons to do nothing. It's not about doing nothing or just complaining about what's going on, complaining about everything. Sure, you got those people out there who are lazy and I'm kind of lazy, look. I'm not going to lie. A part of me is lazy. I work, for sure. I go to work, go to school, all that good stuff. But I I just, I'm not going to protect anybody who's actually lazy, you know, who's not trying to do shit with their life. Um, but to sit, to sit here and say black people are lazy because they complain all day and they don't want to do anything, it's like, that's being disingenuous. And it's also being very stupid. It's like you're trying not to understand what's wrong with... <sighs> With the culture, it's trying. It's like you're trying. It's like you're trying to remain blissfully ignorant. And on that note, folks, I'd like to appreciate everybody for listening on in to this new episode, this new podcast episode from Big Wave Sound Media, Big Wave Dave. Uh, I love you guys. Appreciate everything that you've done for me this far. All the um, you know the notes from folks, all the emails, you know. Thank you so much, guys. I really, I really, I really appreciate you. And I got some new episodes coming. Of course, told you I'm going to be way more consistent, things like that. Um, Again, if you like what you heard, please donate to our cash app here in the description or PayPal in the description. I'm going to put the website in the description this time so that you folks know what's going on. Of course, always, 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 I'm I'm going to start promoting mental health, suicide prevention, all that good stuff. That link is also going to be in the description as well for those who want to check out the suicide prevention line, donate to us, see how they can help. And um, yeah, guys, uh, starting new shows soon with my other podcast, Balls Out, with my buddy Guzman, the smoothest guru in the world, Anita Blunt. Uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> and me, Big Wave. Also on there, we're going to be talking about any and everything, you know, going completely balls out, letting folks knows what knows what's up. And uh, also come follow me. Check me out uh, here at feeds.simplecast.com or just go to the Simplecast link that I post. And also we're starting new shows with Stereo the new podcasting app where you guys can speak with me personally if you like just shoot me an email we'll set up a show date and uh, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about you know we can just talk honestly if you want to just have a conversation with me we can do that um other than that guys thanks a lot for listening 
and um, I'm out of here.